Happy New Year to you all and welcome to our first podcast of 2023. Uh, this is episode 94 of Jim and Pat's Glasgow West End Chat. And on this episode, I'm delighted to chat to Glasgow's own music legends, Monica Queen and Johnny Smiley of the band Tenement and Temple. Johnny's known for his amazing guitar playing, songwriting, and as an in-demand music producer. And Monica, also for her musicianship, songwriting, and her incredible voice. As Gary Lightbody of Snow Patrol said, Monica possesses, possess, possesses, no, there's a word, possesses, possesses, one of the greatest ever voices to come out of Scotland. I would certainly agree with that. Apart from their own musical adventures, which stretch back to the 1980s, they have collaborated with, amongst others, Bell and Sebastian, Chris Connolly, James Grant of Love and Money, Chris Coco, and Monica has duetted with none other than Shane McGowan of The Pokes. Now, in this wide-ranging interview, we chat about how they met, their musical influences, record deals, their adventures in America, and working with big-name producers, including our very own Edwin Collins. In fact, we nattered on so much that I split the chat across two episodes. So I hope you enjoy my chat with Johnny, Smiley and Monica Queen. And actually, before I get to that, it would be remiss of me not to mention their superb self-titled album. I highly recommend it to you. It's got great songs, fantastic guitar playing, as you would expect, and also, as you would expect, sublime singing from Monica. OK, here's me chatting to Johnny and Monica. So how, how did you uh, get started in this whole kind of musical thing? Certainly Monica was, was singing at school. She's part of a theatre group. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was quite big in the area, so a youth theatre group in Lanarkshire, Belsall, Motherwell area. And uh, they were doing Godspell at the time. Right, what, what year was that? Um, oh, it's too long ago, I can't remember. <laughs> the 80s, in the 80s. 80s. Yeah. 80s. Yeah. And uh, I went along to see that, and uh, by that time, I was just you know, post school, you know punk rocker, you know, I played a bit of guitar and mm-hmm. been in a few school bands, that kind of thing, and uh, it always sounded, always, you know, still still ambitions to, to make music, you know, just didn't, hadn't worked out how to do it yet. Uh, I, I got to eat Monica after the show and we got in quite well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I already knew she was a great singer from the performance and thumb oh, that could be she could be useful oh, <laughs> more that, ways than one great singers you know, that, that lassie can hold a tune you know she's still you know be able to learn a song right um, and then that don't so that so that so, so that so I suppose the relationship came before the music mm-hmm. and what age mm-hmm. you at the time sorry what was that both time? the same age no I'm older than Monica so mm-hmm. Monica's only 17, 18. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay, you're a teenager. Teenager, you know, teenage, teenage sweetheart. Yeah. And then I think we just kind of just fooled around a bit, you know. Knew you had guitars in your bedroom, just your typical sort of kind of. I mean, it took us, there was a, there's a long while again from there, 
to I suppose being part of the glass Glasgow scene and, uh, you know so starting on a, a journey of, of trying to find you know are we making music what was the Glasgow scene at that time I mean, what, what was well there wasn't there wasn't a scene that we were too aware of then maybe we were late late 80s 89 so there was very much a scene mm-hmm. uh, but when we we finally sort of got something together and we ended up in Berley Street you know and that's when you get introduced to the, the world to Glasgow right okay uh, so everybody was rehearsing down Berley Street and you know I've got uh, Deacon Blue Delmetri you know right. the, the good guy yeah. they were all the next room you know the four rooms at that time you know yeah, I think uh, I may have been there with the Prime Evils. Prime Evils, all, all of that, all of those yeah. people were going in. It's pretty terrible, Aye, I didn't know that. But we had a long period even before we moved, because then we moved into Glasgow then, you know, because we're still kicking around Lanarkshire, you know. Right. I'm a mother with a girl, right. he's a Coatbridge laddie, so, you know, and, uh, you know, we kind of look for happenings and events that happened around just outside your, your front door, yeah. so to speak, so, Getting into Glasgow wasn't really for me anyway. It wasn't the done thing. No, right? can I just? But there was a good open? scene for yeah. me. Were you know the yeah. hand I could tell was there every week. You know all, yeah. all that old Bell Hills scene kind of started. You know, that's where they were all. Yeah, of course. Of course. Ah, yeah, so. that's right in the middle. You know me were. Well, it was right in the middle. I lived in Coatbridge. My lived in Motherwell, and the hand I could tell was somewhere in the middle. So our kind of courting days and our music awareness days and, and finding other like-minded people even though you didn't maybe get a chance to talk to them or, but you were listening to the records that were played in the right. Hatton Hotel. So that was postcard and all that kind of stuff? No, it's more, it was more yeah. that, that, you know, Bells Hill, the Bells Hill scene, you yeah. know, it's a missed the I kind of get the timings. Postcard, really, that's kind of, that, that's probably peaked and, and right. gone in this new Right, okay. Uh, so, what's new scene starting to happen, you know? I mean, like, like you want that same uh, Godspell Eugene was in, you know, right. uh, Eugene Kelly. I don't think he was in Godspell. Was it Godspell? Eugene came and joined the. Oh, it was Anne Frank. Club. It was Anne Frank. Later on. Uh, so, yeah, I kind uh, of got to know Eugene. Uh, so, we were all kind of, you know, crossing paths and yeah. being at things and, you know, but not necessarily, you know, sort of kind of you know, confirming anything. We were all just young and, and doing a bit of, of a bit of, a bit of everything really. But and then that so that is that kind of timeline. You know, after leaving school, you know, coming together. Well when we first started it was really just the, the two of us, you know, and we were we were managed by Hugh and Cry's management at the right. time. That's interesting. How did that happen? Don't know. Uh, well, well, I tell you, no, I don't know. You do because we had uh, uh, all kind of stuff. We had a battle of the bands of all things, right? Uh, and some some famous, trying to know the bluebells that were. But there was was Glasgow luminaries of the time were part of the judges, right? And it was in Falkirk, some this huge place in Falkirk. And we we won the thing, <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't so much that you won the whatever a Yamaha keyboard or whatever the prize was, you know. It was that you sort of that made us very made the scene aware of us. Right. 
an agenda and having, you know, sort of kind of no genre really. There was nothing yeah. completely mapped out other than that you just wanted to sort of kind of, you know, write some songs, okay, so you're writing songs sing some point. other people's tunes, mainly writing our own songs right. and, and just singing. And it all probably sounded to probably maybe a bit, I don't know. It's interesting. I'm always interested in anybody that writes songs because it. there must be a, there's always a point where... I think everybody starts learning other people's songs you know, when they pick up their instrument or whatever, they start singing or whatever. And then at some point, not everybody decides to write their own. So what's, what, what made you write your own songs? I'm useless at a party. Ask me to play a cover, mm. you know, that's still nobody good. That was quite funny because we've just made a cover album. But well, it's not really a cover It's not covers in the, the most the more traditional sense that people would recognise the tunes. <laughs> But I, I'm useless. I never wanted to to, to learn other songs. Right, I always right. wanted to try my own songs. Right, so you yeah. just start writing right really stuff. awful songs at school, and it yeah, just yeah. get better. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. so yeah. that's similar to himself, actually. <laughs> but maybe that's because you were never really viewed as a singer. If you're a singer, right. everybody always looked at me as right. a singer. Just so I was maybe I always maybe kind of came from a different angle from Johnny. You know, whereas like people always say, you know family parties, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of typical, you know, West of Scotland thing where New Year and we all sing songs and yeah, all yeah, that. Sure, we yeah, we came from Johnny's. that. We came from that. Yeah, Johnny's yeah. family certainly came from that. Um, so as a singer who had to do a party piece, yeah. for me, I probably no, would be more inclined to learn somebody else's yeah, yeah. Nobody wants to sit and listen to your own songs, you know, because... You know, they want you to do a, a standard. You know, I, know you I think mean. you do see a bit merit in it now because it, it does it kind of it builds structure. No, it's not merit. I don't know. Oh, I never said there was no. No, absolutely no. I'm not snobbing at all. No, but you just didn't. I just you got to learn the capillary of it's more difficult to actually learn someone else's song properly than just because if you write your own song, there's no rules, isn't it? You can play anywhere you like, and it's always right. <laughs> I mean, I still play other people's songs as well. You know, I learn other people's songs. But in the back of my head, I'm really only learning them to learn something that will help me write something else. Well, I think <laughs> it's a good you discipline for, uh, you know, I wouldn't uh, advise against most people to learn because I think you can learn a lot from, from, absolutely. from learning other people's songs. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, probably why it took me longer to work out how to write my own songs, probably, yeah. because I didn't. When we were young, down at school or whatever, and you went to learn a song, you just had got you got an LP and you slowed yeah, it down. And, and then you tried to learn it, you yes, know. Right. Now you've got all the, you know, if anything well ends on YouTube, the kids, right. the kids right. go away, you know, they've got somebody teaching them, you know. We didn't have that resource, you know. No, you're right, you're right. It was a
But I think where you come in, in most art forms, whether it's music or dance or, or painting or architecture, they're all built on fundamental principles, yeah. you know? And it's like, you know, once you've sort of kind of buried them in, you get to know how things are constructed and made, you know, that's when you start to then deconstruct it, you know, yeah, yeah. and you try to find only now, yeah. or, you know, in the last, you know, good few years or so since we started making records, you know, seriously and, you know, try to sort of kind of, you know, have well, a concept. Well, it's not the seriously in the last few years. No, I'm just talking about <laughs> the last few years. No, I can relate to that. Years, you know. <laughs> but you always think you, that. You, have, you, you know, you have an idea now, you have... I kind of remit you have. Sometimes you go in and you have nothing and you don't, you just want to see what happens. But yeah. in most cases when you're recording, you kind of have an idea yeah. about how you want it to sound, to feel, what's the mm. rhythm, what's yeah, yeah, the absolutely. tempo, yeah. what's the, what's just, what's the thing, you know? So, you know, so you, you, you learn these things to kind of, you know, deconstruct, I suppose, in a way. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And, you know, it takes a long time, I think. Well, for, for most people, not everybody. Some people are geniuses yeah. and the first no, somebody. So that's, that's just asking I mean, that kind of question. There is yeah. value in learning somebody else's. Yeah, yeah. You know, well, the be the be you know, you, the two things. One, the Beatles and and other geniuses could write great songs yeah. when they were fifteen. Yeah, you know. That's right. Uh, we couldn't do that. Didn't have that option. Uh, famous uh, pop stars yeah. uh, took us along. I'm, I'm just assuming I'm your case, you know. But I think it may be a similar kind of journey. You know, it took me a while to. to, to I think I, there was a point where I, I could look at, you know, at least trying to write a song with the Beatles, you know. But it was well on into my my life, you know. Yeah. But when the Beatles could do that early, but also were. were was be, they were bedded in covers. Exactly. That's what they did. That's how yeah, they All the covers. The first cover Please songs. Please Me is exactly. half covers. You exactly. Know? And, and they, so they sound, learned the vocabulary of, of yeah. songs. Yeah. You know. So maybe maybe there's a lesson there. The Beatles and the nice. covers. Maybe, <laughs> maybe I should all I mean, all their example. Well, I had the Beatles, the Beatles complete. You know, yeah. it was one of the first books I had. But yeah. I mean, I only knew the first line of every single song in the book. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> the thing. Like, you you get to the hardcore and the next song. Yeah. <laughs> so ever song you learned, I think impacts on how you write songs. I would imagine. Don't know. Well, as a as a producer, you know, someone who works with people, and has, and worked with people over many albums, and uh, so you see the kind of traits. People have their thing. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. It's Neil Young or Bob Dylan or yeah, you're right. I, I think you tend to gravitate towards a kind of you know a set of chords and a, a kind yeah. of. A, a, Quite similar, you do melodies and themes that people have, which yeah. gives you an identity. It's, yeah, yeah. it's important to have that, you know. But I think I don't know what it is that informs that, whether it is early learning curves or you know, but the but, but identifying people have and you know, good people are good having identity. I think yeah, that's, yeah. The, that's the most important thing for any artist to have something that's quite identifiable yeah. with yours. Even if it's, it's you know, it's, it's uh, very much influenced by other things that no one isn't isn't. So that's that's not that's not a problem. But but it's uh, it's really important. If you don't have it, don't think you're you're sort of you're not on the first rung in the ladder. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is there anyone 
I, mean, I tend to think that everybody can have their own identity as long as they stick at the music and they keep going. You'll eventually become yourself, no matter where you start. You know, but I think that's one of these things. Some people take a long time to do it. Some people it's there from the, from the minute they pick up their instrument or the minute they sing. Yeah. I think it can happen for everybody. Yeah. Uh, you know, say I'm 60, I've been playing since I was 13. <laughs> so, so, so you hope that if you listen to one of my songs, you think, well, that sounds like that Jim. Sounds like Jim. <laughs> you know, if they it don't say that, there's something wrong. Be, yeah, and it's got to be like that, you know. You know? And it's a, it's, it's a, it's a real can, you know, sing with his Bob comes on. Yeah, that's when, you know, Bob Van Morrison comes on, when Elvis comes on, when Neil Young yeah. comes on, when, you know, you know, Emily Harris comes on. Yeah, that's right. These, themselves. George Jones comes on. They all, Tammy, I mean, all, all the greats, all, oh, all genres, you will be able to pick, you know, you'll know who they are. I think that's, my, those that's probably my problem with modern music. I can't really tell one from the next. I don't think there is much of an identity in modern music. You know, I think yeah. the kids are sold very short. You know, there's, there's I mean, no I think, eclecticism. It's I think all right, the same. But only for a certain sector. There's still them, is a massive amount of great artists that are not mainstream. Well, I mean pop. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, the pop, massive yeah. selling pop. But when, when we were going mm-hmm. up, massive selling pop was the Beatles and 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 you know, the Sex Pistols. Yeah. And, and David Bowie and Elvis and you know whatever Nirvana. It, it yeah. wasn't. You know, so I'm so, not so sure about that. I mean, I always think that. If you're not in, you know, if you're not in the genre, you don't understand what, what's your, genre, what's your genre Whatever genre you think pop music is at any particular time, you know, like, you well, know, pop, pop doesn't pop in itself is is a is a kind of as many genres. Yeah, you know, but certainly the, the, the classic periods, yeah. you know, top of the pops, you know, when you would have jazz, That's right. country, rock. You know, soul, disco, novelty, it would all be there. And that's all just pop, you know, and that that was was wonderful about it. You know, and you could pick what you like and choose what you like, you know. (laughs) When you're only offered one flavour, you know, if somebody says, here's here's, here's a bag of, you know, uh, jelly beans, but they're all strawberry flavour. Then you say, oh, yeah. I'll have one anyway. I'll have one anyway, and I'll enjoy it because it's it's mm. a strawberry jelly baby. But it's 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 limiting, you know. It's 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 not it's not as they're not having as wide a, a, an experience as we would have had when we had all these different flavours to pick from. And that. Well, let's hey, get back to your uh, career as top level musicians <laughs> away from <laughs> away from this. So, so the last time you were telling me you were you got together and. You'd just been, you say you'd been signed to it? Uh, we started, started off, yeah, when we, were, when we didn't know, have a clue what was going on, what we were doing, we, we were taken on by management companies, uh-huh. you know, well, well, Kent management companies in, in Glasgow, they tried to get us a record deal and steer us in the right direction and we were always making demos. Uh-huh. Thousands. We could spend more money in demos than people spend making albums mm-hmm. these days. You know, it it we, we get money from record companies. You know, we get three, four thousand, five thousand pounds per year in Savannah to make yeah. a demo. Yeah, yeah. People yeah. don't spend that on an album now. No, that's right. You know, yeah. so we've got all these demos lying around that were, were made to a really high quality. You know, then it's just finding your way. You know, mm-hmm. but there came a point for for Monica and I, because we put this together with with, with the. We got to know all this, uh, the great musicians of Glasgow, you know. Good fortune. Yeah, to get to know. Anyway. Because they would be our backing bands, yeah, you know. Yeah. Really nice people, but it just yeah. didn't work. And really, and good, you know, uh, 
to get Was people, nice? producers and engineers. We got to know quite a lot of the scene to that, but, but there was a point where we just sort of looked at each other and the really this is us, not you know? For us. Yeah. And I not really coincided with the reemergence of Neil Young after his 80s. Right. <laughs> right. Then, Maggie, then Maggie Glory came along. And, uh, and, that was it. <laughs> and that was it. We mm. kind of, I think we did literally put that record on, and we just went. That was it. That's it. That's more what, what yeah, we're no, doing. right. That, that's right. It. it just changed the. It our, just blew our, everything away. And everything we got up in the mornings. We went down to Stevie Shane's rehearsal room at nine o'clock in the morning. Free time. And it Before. literally was as 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 clear cut as that. Industrious. It was as clear cut as that. We just worked on stuff. We had drum machine. With a young yeah, drum machine that did that, that really great simple rhythm <laughs> that created like, your you know, so oh, that kind of formed the 80, basis 80, of 88. 80. Right, so that was 89, you know. And we got up like a job every morning and mm. really enjoyed going down to Stevie's. And I'm sure Stevie had his ear at the door listening, going, What on earth. So this year, writing your own songs? Oh, yeah. Ah, yeah. yeah. uh-huh. I mean, they were complete songs. Would have been like a verse, a half a bit. Yeah, yeah. But the, the the thing that we were trying to 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 pin down and to aim for was like, Monica, you're going to play guitar. Right. Says Johnny, and I went, "Who me?" So <laughs> up to that guitar. point, we'd, we'd yeah. had these sessions. I would play guitar in the bands, but there was the rest was all. Sensation, you know, Glasgow's best and finest musicians, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Monica would just sing because she is, you know, went on to become one of Glasgow's best and finest yeah, well, musicians. Yeah, one of the best. Uh, some, the singing some folk saying very nice things. Yeah, I know. <laughs> He's the best, really best singer cool. in Scotland by far. Yeah, you the guy who had the Snow Patrol. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Mm-hmm. We'd argue against that. No, no that, that is a quote from yeah, a stage in front of 50,000 people. Yeah, yeah. He's got mm-hmm. plenty of yeah. witnesses to, that's right. to that effect. But that's where, you and know. Did you have that, that voice at that point? I mean, you were. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, you know. From get So I'm told, so I'm yeah. told, you know, and um, But it kind of, you know, we wanted to just be very self contained. Mm-hmm. Because we had our own idea, we had our own strategy, and it was just Johnny and I with two electric guitars, mm-hmm. the drum machine, and mm-hmm. Steve's at nine in the morning, mm-hmm. making a, a big racket, but always so with a kind of enough songs and material to yeah. look for a bass yeah. playing the drum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And um, we just thrashed it out between the two of us, and yeah. then we decided we had got a little set together, some songs, and we. People at the time, because we had done, previous to that, we'd done this other thing. I mean, people always say, are you selling out? I'm not selling out. It's like, this is real us. The, the yeah. other thing was us yeah. selling out in a way because yeah. they were told that you could be famous because you're yeah. a great yeah. singer and yeah. you, you, know, you can write songs and we can put this band around you and we'll make you famous and we'll get record deals. I mean, that in those days, 80, late 80s, people were just getting a million pounds yeah, from, yeah. from record companies, yeah. you know. I'm saying that as if I remember. <laughs> no, it was the universe from that post-postcard yeah, kind yeah. of period where they were up looking for all these blue-eyed soul boy, you yeah, know, right. as it was called them, my you know, bands, you know. Uh, so probably, you know, uh, fortunate that we've just missed that, or unfortunate that we missed that, I'm not sure. 
Yeah, well, it, anyway, never, men will lead us on to doing what, 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 you know, our, our true, to be our true selves, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, if we were really being sort of, kind of truthful with one another, you know, we were just kind of operating in a, 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 a fields within Glasgow that we just really felt out of state with and, oh, yeah. you know, we just, you know, kind of just thought between us, do you know what, it's not, it's not the people really, really good people, nice people trying to help and all that, but we just didn't feel it, so we just pretty much walked away, you know, right. went to a music shop and bought, well, you've always had guitars, but I can't remember yeah. I took one of those balls, <laughs> and that was it, and, we'll right. and we've never really looked back ever since. So when you're doing that initially, you're working towards recording a record, is that? Just working towards... No, that was just working... Just a working set and a band together. A set and a band, yeah. I could go out and play, and then, you know... And it was, it was very cut then, it wasn't like... Yeah. Uh, you, you know, but it's, if you put a band together and you now played locally and you got a buzz about it, you, you would get interest in your yeah. record deal. It wasn't yeah, yeah. like... Uh, yeah, that's that, was, that was a normal, yeah. uh, you know, route. That, that bands would take, you know. Mm-hmm. So we we did that. We, we put the band together very quickly. We had a buzz about us, mm-hmm. and we had loads of record companies. Right. See it all the time. I mean, like you know. And how did that nuts. feel after having made that step away from other folks? I felt like I felt like we made the right step in because yeah. we were getting more, even more interest than we were getting before. Yeah. You know, we were supposed to be playing by some kind of rules, you know, just by completely breaking the rules and doing our own thing. You know, it so seems like I think we were lucky and we caught caught. You know the the mood of the moment. You know mm-hmm. that maybe call other people out and what the hell are they doing? But actually, the under the underground was 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 building. Yeah, yeah. That same kind of. So in some sense, luckily you had landed. And yeah, just pure, pure, pure yeah. luck. I think yep. you know it's all about mm-hmm. the right place, the right time. You know, so it kind of aligned with what you wanted to do yourself. Yeah. <laughs> which is the thing is, you know, when that and I yeah, it did you know. totally. Yeah. And in fact, what you know, the thing is, you can't get that back, right? Yeah. So for that period and the period after, when when we were, you know. Making records and touring and all the rest of it. Usually, you make records and touring on your terms. Yeah, that's right. Like completely, well, interesting, completely yeah. without any kind of compromise whatsoever. Yeah. You know, but you can't go back and do that now because that moment has passed. Yeah. And the music's moved on, as we've said. You know, and if you just come out and do it, oh, it's, you know, gramps. You know that. that was, well, that's it. It's just know? back then. You know, when you're that that bit younger and a bit naive as to how oh, you just have that kind of gay abandon yeah, that's right and you're just part and of and you're just raw you're a particular just, age the people around just, are the same age as you you're just you trying know. to do it and you don't really follow any rules and there's a great excitement comes from that yeah. approach yeah, to right. writing a song and how fresh. it's going to sound yeah. and what your band's going to look like and it can be really rough and ready uh, which it was in our case and um, well I, I, you know I don't think you can then or now, you, if you if you if you think you're uh, somehow catching on to what's happening in fashion, you've actually missed it already. In your way behind, well, that's you're behind the curtain, you don't right. so you, you should never. You've got you don't decide. You only ever like I say, we were lucky because yeah. we just do what we're doing yeah. right at this point. And and the people who, who catch it are, are only ever those people who just happen to be yeah, that's right. In the catch, it's the right age, doing the right thing yeah. at the right time. Mm-hmm. When I say make decisions, I don't mean make decisions to do something that's successful. I make decisions to do something that's in fashion. I just mean make decisions about what you're going to do yourself mm-hmm. for your own. You know, nourishment as a musician or a songwriter or whatever. I think that certainly uh, has come later. Yeah. In our sort of kind of songwriting career, you know, 
just to, to kind of just back yeah. it. Just, well, just trying, you know. It's trying to get the most out of, the most enjoyment from it at this particular yeah. point in your life where you are and what's available to you. That's right. You know, that's why we started Ten Temple. Uh, because the the possibilities of doing big venues and playing, you know, with a band and touring and all the rest of have, 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 you know, more or less disappeared, you know, or seemed to have, you know. So, and and the enjoyment of that to some extent has disappeared mm-hmm. because you get in a room and after an hour of enjoying playing the guitar turned up to, to 11, you know, you kind of get a start to get a headache and, <laughs> and, and I can't really hear yeah. the other people in the room. So yeah, I'm not yeah. actually playing along with them anymore. And then once they're not playing along with them, there's no sense of being in the band and, and the, the, that great enjoyment you, I got when, when I sat in a bedroom with, with yeah. another guy back in, you know, the, the day and I played a you know, he played a chord and I played a wee bit of lead and it was like, oh, whoa, these things work together, yeah. this is wonderful, you know. And it's always been about that for me. It's always been about that that connection between a bunch of musicians in the room, you know. But in the simplest form, to just take it down to two acoustic guitars, you know, allows you even just to sit in the house yeah, yeah. and have the enjoyment of doing it even without getting out to play anybody, you know. And and that that's was kind of the, the thing for me to table. Here we are at this point, let's just get two acoustic guitars and create something that we think is really good with just these guitars. We don't need anything else, it doesn't require anything else, and we can just have the enjoyment of being together and playing and singing, yeah. particularly and singing, and they got two voices together. I mean, that's the most beautiful, wonderful made. thing to experience, yeah, you know. It's been and the intention for the last few years. So, so, yeah, that was a choice we were making, and yeah. like what you're saying, to, to, to just to give us you know, yeah, you maximum pleasure from making music at that pleasure point. Pleasure and a challenge. And because it was small and compact, it meant we could do it cheap and we yeah. could do it easy and yeah, anybody absolutely. asked just to turn up, we could turn up and play it, you know, and we didn't need any fancy pedals or anything, we just turn up with just acoustic guitar and it would be, me, you know, as it would be in the living room, hopefully, you know, and, and so, so yeah, uh, I get what you're saying there. So, to fight back slightly, <laughs> you were in the band a minute ago. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I know. That's okay. That's okay. Time traveling here. On, on the verge of the wave. <laughs> <laughs> so, what happened that, that, you know, you got signed up? So, we got signed to Fire Records. Uh-huh. Uh, that happened very quickly. But the time with Teenage Fan Club and Pulp and the Pastels right. and, right. you know, Eugene yeah. and all this. That, so, it was absolutely. Sign quick enough, you know, this was the best level of the world, you yeah, know, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, as it seemed, you know. Yeah. Uh, so. And then yeah. we got, we sent Fire Records out. Well, they sent us to America to make the album. To make the right. album. Okay. So it's been a lot of money. It was exciting. It was great. Oh, it was, it was, great. It was just, wow. You yeah, wanted yeah, the dream. Boom. You went, you know, suddenly, you know, you're on an airplane to, to San Francisco, you know, and you're hanging out in San Francisco. But yeah, making my debut album, you know. <laughs> and of course, all the people in San Francisco, yeah, well, everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> Probably everybody at the party was the same. Yeah, we're making our debut. So, but but wow, you know, it was, it was just totally. And, and very quickly off the back of that, we, were, we played. We played in America. We were there, you know, playing uh-huh. in San Francisco. We played in the Strip. Played in the, you know, the. Mm-hmm. the uh, we played with with love, you know. Oh did a show God. love, you know. Uh, hanging out. Not a lot of people know that, Johnny. <laughs> Not a lot of people know that. Yeah. Played the Flamingo Club, the, the Kirk Cobain and and right. the Love. Played like two weeks before, oh, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. Doing all that, and then yeah. you're back. 
touring with loads, loads of great, you know, opening opening uh, slots with good bands mm-hmm. and across Europe. Became and good friends with Grant Lee Phillips right, from, right, from right. Buffalo, you know. Yeah, and you yeah. just got on that kind of touring circuit. Uh-huh. So we did a lot. We did a lot of touring, did a lot of shows, you know, sleeping in bands, sleeping in people's floors, just doing right. the whole sort of kind of... The touring in the band. the four of us and we're really, you know, going to do it. And, um, and we never, you know... We, we know we were we never took it for granted um, certainly we could have maybe worked a wee bit harder you know sort of kind of maybe continue to keep writing as you're touring but touring took up quite a, a big part of your time that, uh, when it, you come off the back of that and then it's time to write the next record you know you're not met with a lot of, a lot of time and that takes you into another whole sort of kind of couple of years or years so and then there were, you know, TV all the time, radio sessions, mm-hmm. you know, all, that, all this stuff, you know. The, so the band's pretty successful. Do you know the band was successful? It was always on the verge, you know. Okay. But I, I never, I never made, like, say, say in for, you know, one of the famous listeners, Liesl and Payne or Jane, the Bells were a little bit like that, you know, they were on the cusp or something. And, but, you know, it hadn't, hadn't really happened that Liesl and Payne or Jane came in and got a lot of radio play. I mean, it was, it, was, it was the first record that was able to get wall-to-wall radio play, and it got them into number 41 in the charts. Mm-hmm. Right? So just missed the top of the post by one. <laughs> Monica would have been out to the post. Right. But by the next record, they were in the charts, and it was off, you know. Right. They, had, they, had, they, had, they managed to go over that hurdle, right. you know. We were always sort of around that. So what song was that? That was the... What was the... The Bell and Sebastian, you mean? Yeah, Lee's Lane, Peter Jane. Yeah, yeah, I heard that. I was really listening yeah. to that earlier on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But again, you know... I didn't know that story. I didn't know it had been number 41. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know yeah. that. I just missed talking yeah. pops. Uh, it wasn't on the internet. I mean, that was a, that, that was a sort <laughs> of yeah. big encore for many, many years. We were in tour and stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. So, uh, at that point, one could sing them quite, quite a lot. But it's just, you know, but again, you know, you're just in that, you're young, you're doing all your thing, yeah. you know, and as much as you're loved, you're loathed as well, and there's all the kind of, you know, your local Glasgow, I don't know, kind of thing where, you know, you're either part of something or you're left out of something, mm-hmm. you feel you should be in something, but you're not part of it. So I always felt that, you know, Trump had to be a bit of a, a fight on their hands mm-hmm. quite a lot of the time to be you know, either accepted mm-hmm. or valued right, right. or, you know, um, by, you know, certain sort of kind of music communities that we never really quite, yeah, you know, got on, they never really t- took us on board. You I know? haven't really changed, I suppose there's always great and there's always going to be that. Call them who yeah, are, yeah, yeah, no, we never get through some of those great calls, for sure, you know, despite being very good. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. It's probably, you know, especially in Scotland. Uh, yeah. So, but I mean, I was, we're, we're, we're bubbling under at that, that point. Yeah. You know, it was they would have probably taken the next album, but we had a lot of problems yeah. getting to the next album, which was I mean, which was a which slows us down. In most of my mind, that time, it's got nothing to do with the music. You know, I mean, no matter how great the music is, or how great so your album is, political or personal, you know, it's who's pushing you. Yeah, I mean, we chose five records, but we could have chose uh, 
Saul Galpin was one of the guys who was really wanting to sing us. Right. I don't even know Saul Galpin. I don't know that name actually, I don't know. So he was, I mean, it was, was all the time hanging out with us, you know, and mm. uh, he was starting his own record label. Right. And the, the, we were going to be his first band, he was going to launch his label with us, but he changed his mind to Swed. Right. <laughs> That's a good story. And, uh, well, you know, the likes of the movie. Fred comes in and he's just not in the chat. And his label was just yeah. launched, you know. Just I don't one after the other. Thing. I mean, it's a... So, you could argue that it was a real so, you know, yeah. maybe that would have been the right choice, you know, because he seemed to have the connections to plug them right yeah. into the, the system right yeah. away. You know, the music wasn't, you know, that far apart. You know. Yeah. I mean, that's the funny thing to say. I don't think it's anything to do with music. I mean, your music's great. No, it's no, no, it never is. It's, yeah, it's, it's just about that. timing and, this, and, and, you know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I see, Alison, a lot of music, and also you've got a lot of your music since, since yesterday to catch up. Because <laughs> usually I like it. A good bit of time uh-huh. to get to know. Uh-huh. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Uh, mm. I think no, this is good. This is yeah. This is great music. Uh, uh-huh. You know, so it's nothing to do with whether your music is good enough. You know, yeah. it's just that's just not the question. Yeah. No, it's, we, uh, we get closer uh, than ninety nine percent people do. Yeah, we, we were lucky to to get that opportunity at that time. You know. And we probably just made a few bad decisions yeah. along the way, you know. The, 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 well, what we're telling you is largely the good yeah. part, you know. It's, it's after that that it starts. We start lot. to make yeah. some bad decisions, yeah. and, and that, that halted our momentum, some right. of our momentum, you know. Well, yeah. You better tell me what those bad decisions were then. <laughs> oh, there's too many to. No. There's too many. I think when you, well, I think actually when you're, when you're, when you're looking after. T- two other people in your band and you're trying to make sure that they're catered for because we were maybe the kind of like you know the maybe you know as the the leaders of the band you know the ones that sort of kind of made the decisions that wrote the songs that you know told the other two two boys what was happening so we felt a a, a big responsibility to make sure that they were either financially sound so we made choices about you know how things were going to be you know you know, split how yeah. things are going to be with them. Um, you know, publishing how things. Yeah, yeah. So all of those decisions that we made, we tried. We made for for the right reason because it was a band, and we decided we were going to just, you know, do the. Well, we signed to Sony Publishing. They give loads of money. Yeah. Yeah. No, the, the, the trade-off for them was they don't want us on Fire Records anymore. They right. wanted us on Warner Brothers or something like that. Right. You know, or okay. Sony. Whatever. You know, they wanted to. They basically didn't see them as a proper record label, you know. Right, we were yeah, loving them, and they loved us, but they right. they kind of are pushing us towards. You need to go off this label, when you got a big label, of course. That 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 in itself slowed things in because there was a lot of angst, you know, between mm-hmm. the yeah. give us this money. <laughs> same time, saying, "Yeah, but you need to do this," uh, and that caused caused problems, you know. And they yeah. kind of eventually sort of forced us to try and try and go off the label. And did you? I mean, what happened there? Ah, uh, but it was a whole legal. Process, you know, mm. so it took years, you know, slowed you down, and uh, that meant that, that, as I say, a lot of momentum was lost. Then we had to build it all back up again. Mm. So we we did go off, you know, uh, some we didn't want to do, but but it, but it happened, and uh, then we we're looking for another deal, and uh, through many managers and all this kind right. of stuff. So there wasn't like that. Was managers and agents and lawyers and right. doing the whole shebang, you know. Uh, so but anyway, we did finally get a, another. So we can do with an American label, uh, yeah. boutique American label, who spent an absolute fortune making another record. You know, yeah. 
Yeah, they never really came out properly, you know. It's never been released. It's interesting, yeah. We're hoping it will be somewhere down the line. Yeah. Because at that period, when we were looking for another label, one of the labels that came here was immediate. We're starting up again, you know, started up by the Rolling Stones manager to came here and went to the signers and was offering us £500,000 to sign me. But I didn't want the bass player or the drummer. <laughs> they wanted the singer and the songwriter. Yeah, well, that was it. You know, we told and them no. Yeah. So maybe that was a bad decision. No. I don't know. And very <laughs> much a good enough because I liked the money. The money was really right. But we were very um, loyal to to people that we were close to, and for for good or bad. So so now you're the signed to an American label, and you're touring America. No, 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 not to make a bit of it. But Sainted label, they, they, they gave us a lot of money to send them down to posh studios in England and right. stayed and worked with big producers. And Tell me some of the producers. I'm not that I would necessarily know names, but. Uh, no, well, the main, the main uh, one was Bo Hill, who'd done all of the rock, the big rock bands of the 80s here, yeah, the Warrants, okay. and all the, these, these terrible bands that. Yeah. <laughs> but he was doing because we were a rock band. Yeah. yeah. Rock you band. could choose your yeah. producer. Well, the, you always. The, the thing in, in, uh, when you were labelled, they always give you they give you a piece of paper and a pen and say, write down your 10. Fair right. choice. We did Briggs at the top, and you know, Neil Young's producer. You know, right. can you get him? So they, they, you know, so we end up. You know, we did a few demos. We had made a half an album with Edmund Collins, oh, right. which this was kind of prior to uh, that. Yeah, you know, stuff that would come out. You know, but that, yeah. but, but that was, you know, yeah. just good to work with these people. You know, what a brilliant guitar player he is. Yeah, I mean, that's the greatest tragedy. Yeah. You know, he has actually recovered his ability to write songs and mm -hmm. sing. Uh, and I always uh, make a joke to him that uh, says, well, actually, we can't tell you had a stroke, uh, Edwin, because you just sounded like you had a stroke before you had a stroke when you were singing. But the tragedy thing is he can't play guitar now. I met him a couple of times and known in a music context. I met him when he's been lunching the books with his wife. He's a wonderful, wonderful guy. He's still a wonderful guy. Still the whole, his self comes still there, you know. And it's lovely anytime he's in town, you know, we go to see him, he's, you know, we get chat afterwards yeah. and we're just hanging out and, and he remembers quite a fair bit of the sessions that we'd yeah. worked on yeah. together yeah. and we just drank so you he was producer on some tell me about that just some, some early, just, early just, songs sorry again you know okay i'm just going to leave johnny and monica there and we'll pick up again in our next episode which i will put out next week thanks Johnny thanks Monica uh, lots more adventures including adventures in America and in our next episode I'll catch you up then cheers bye for now